For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn. Taylor Davis, Jason Campbell here with you, as always, to talk all about your beloved Auburn Tigers, our beloved Auburn Tigers. Jason, I was actually thinking the other day, in the midst of, you know, crazy life gets going, career, social life, whatever, I had this epiphany where I was like, I have not been to Jordan Hare in a really long time. And Ooh. that's just, it's sad. I, de- I miss it so much. Like, I, I am so eager to get back there. It, it's been a while for you too, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a while. Um, of course, I covered him during the season, but I only was one way in and one way out. So I felt yeah. like a one-way ticket. So, you know, I basically got down to the campus. There's literally nobody walking around. You go straight in, straight to the booth, straight out, right back to your car and exit. So I'm excited to get back. I definitely had a call last week with the uh, with the team, and they showed us the, the building, uh, what they're building for the new athletic oh, yeah? complex. It is outstanding. Like I awesome. tell you, like a state of the art so uh, it's really going to put Auburn up there in the recruiting in the recruiting wars oh for sure which is important as ever with all of the turnover that's been happening but bodes well for football as it is getting closer and closer we're going to break all of it down everything that's going on down on the plains but before we do got to tell you guys about our sponsor bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action the masters is here mm-hmm. and bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up all you have to do is head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today, and they're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's talk some Auburn football because spring practice continues. We broke down a good bit of, of kind of where things stand right now and what position groups are looking like and what scheme is looking like, at least to the point that we are all privy to at this point. We talked about a lot of it last week, but 
as A-Day is less than two weeks away and spring practice continues, some offensive position coaches spoke with the media for the first time this week. So we're getting to hear from them. Obviously, some we're familiar with, like Cadillac, and some new, like wide receiver coach Cornelius Williams, offensive line coach Will Friend. So they're kind of, you know, getting more acclimated. Media is getting more acclimated with them and pulling the curtain back a little bit to where things stand. So let's start with Cadillac. There is absolutely zero expectation that Tank Bigsby is not going to be the backbone of this team, okay? There is no world in which he is not the core of this offense because he should be. This kid is such a high-caliber athlete. You work around athletes like that. We all know that. So I don't think there's any question mark when it comes to his impact on the field and that continuing. And Cadillac kind of echoed that. He said, we're going to run the football. We're going to come off the ball flying. These backs are going to get downhill. We're going to take our shots and have our opportunities. But again, we want to be a physical downhill running team. And I think so far we have exemplified a lot of those things. This is the least shocking quote that you'll read because of – Tank Bigsby, here's the problem. And we've discussed this a little bit. What happens without Tank? As we know, injuries can happen. COVID. I mean, like, you just never know. We've got Sean Shivers behind him, which you also feel great about. But who's up next? We've gotten some new names that are kind of circulating. I want to see one of them have that breakout game. And I think they're going to need to do it early against one of those opponents that you feel pretty confident about. So you can pull your starters a little bit earlier. Another running back has to establish himself very early this season. Tank is phenomenal. I will never take anything away from Tank Bigsby, but someone else has to step up. I think it is pivotal for this offense. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you're exactly right. Like there, It has to be a three-deep room in the running backs room, maybe even four deep at times. Yep. Um, the thing is, for Tank, like, there's a big scrimmage coming up this Saturday, and – you, of course, know Tank probably won't see much action in that scrimmage, especially mm-hmm. if it's a tackling scrimmage. So you get an opportunity to see some eyes. You know, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to be able to go down or not. But if I go down, I'm going to be looking to see. I've already seen showers. I want to see who is the third and fourth running back exactly. that these guys can depend on uh, during the season. And we'll get a little bit of chance to see some of that in the A-Day as well because A-Day, Tank, and uh, showers probably won't play much. You will get a mm-hmm. chance to see who's else, who else is on the roster. So, you know, there are some things that are that is kind of, you know, intriguing to Auburn fans to get a chance to, to check out the running back room. And this has really never been an issue, Taylor, over the years because Auburn has always – had a, a running back room that was full of depth. And uh, as far as I can remember, this may be the first time that we hasn't have, haven't had as much depth. And a lot of that has been because of the transfers that that has come along with this transfer portal. And I think that's something that's going to continue to be the trend as long as this transfer portal is as easy as it is for players to just transfer when, when things aren't going their way in the first year or, you know, yeah. so – this is this is new reality, but uh, I definitely have to say there is a kid from Mississippi. I know that they they uh, signed that they're gonna see what he can do once he gets there. And there's like I said, some other names on the roster that that 
we're going to be paying dividends. So the eyes yeah. are going to be open this Saturday for scrimmage, and then the eyes will be open again on A-Day. Even though things are a little bit vanilla on A-Day, they're not going to show a whole lot, not going to bliss a lot. But I always say this, if you can run a football, you can run a football, whether it's two-hand touch or whether it's right. you know, you're going to get hit a little bit on A-Day. I just want to see how certain guys can cut, can move, and what kind of vision they have. That's how you can tell if a guy's a really good running back. Exactly. I think – where things stand right now, the running back position and the situation that that room is in is an area that Auburn fans feel like a sigh of relief and a bit of comfort with, but it's also a position that makes you tense up again and a little unnerving. You're comfortable because Cadillac is still there. He's one of the only assistants that was retained, and you feel good about what he's building both on the recruiting trail as well as development of players. And you've got Tank Bigsby and Sean Shivers. Both have proven themselves. But you're also a little uneasy because it's the least depth that this position has had in a long time. So I, my eyes are on that even with the rock star that is Tank Bigsby. I think there's still more that needs to be established and confirmed at that position than people are really looking to. I think a lot of eyes are on the wide receiver group right now, and there's a lot of question marks associated with it. And I, I'm a little nervous about the wide receivers, Jay. I got to be honest. And Cornelius Williams is the wide receivers coach now. And I, we talked back when this hire happened. I feel good about this hire because of his ties to the state. But a lot of that is because of recruiting. That doesn't do a whole lot for us in 2021. I think that by 2022, you'll see his imprint. You're going to see the mark and the in-state, even the southeast imprint that he can have on the recruiting trail he gets it he understands what Auburn ball means to the state of Alabama even if you're not an Auburn fan like you you still understand it but as for 2021 I'm I'm concerned about the wide receiver group and I'm concerned about the depth and the the time for development that those guys are actually going to have which again puts more emphasis on the running back group and in turn the tight ends which is a position we're going to talk about in just a minute give me a little bit of what you expect to see from the wide receivers group in a realistic capacity jay because we're we're up against a lot of of new and change and turnover and if this past game couldn't get going with the solid seth and Anthony, Eli, that we had last year. What are your genuine expectations for the past game this year? Well, my expectations is young guys better grow quick. And um, <laughs> real quick. And, and, that's, and that's the thing. Like, you have to expedite the situation. Um, when you think about Capers and Hudson, like, these are two of our – you know, experienced receivers that's coming back. You know, Cedric Williams, he's been out all spring. Uh, he's been hurt. It would have been good to have him out there for the whole spring because they get a chance to put real eyes on him from a coaching staff standpoint to see what he mm-hmm. does really well because he is a big body. And, uh, and I think it would have been good to have him out there with this spring. But unfortunately, because of injury, he's not able to be there. So that just means Capers and Hudson has really got to step up. They really got to step up in a big way this year. Like both of them, they're very rangy. They can catch, they can run. Um, The thing is about the receiving position too, we talk about tank a lot. You know what's great for a running back? It's when you have really good blocking receivers that block downfield. And, you know, these guys going to have to understand it's not just about catching the ball. It's not just about getting yak yards out the catch, but you've got to get involved in the run game. You've also got to get a hat across the safety. you got to get a hat on the corner. you got to give these opportunities for big plays to happen. So 
you know, like I said, these guys were freshmen, young guys, but all of a sudden now they've been blossomed. They got to bloom very quickly. And like you said, with Williams coming in as a receiver coach, I think this this is a great opportunity for them to have a guy to grow with because he caught yeah. them so early. And I think it can be a great marriage um, that can last them throughout their Auburn career. And uh, like I said, the expectation is – it's high because you're going to expect more from these guys because they was highly recruited out of high school, but this is yeah. their opportunity. And um, and I wouldn't think nothing else. The thing, like I said, we were talking about here in a second, the tight ends, I think will help them in a major way. Yeah, I think it has to be. I, I don't think you have the flexibility at other positions and the depth at other positions to not integrate the tight ends finally, which is a bit of a trigger for all of us because we've talked about it so many freaking times. We're going to talk a little bit about what this tight ends coach is saying about where things stand right now, some key guys that you could see involved in that role. But we have a new sponsor to tell you about. Are you much of a, a fisher, Jason? Do you like to fish? Tell you what. I used to go fishing all the time. My dad yeah. used to wake me up at like five thirty in the morning. Go fishing. We go fishing about six thirty. So now when yeah. I go, it's more of like a vacation mode. I just like to go out yeah. there in the water and just feel the breeze with the lake and the water just moving. And every now and then, I cast my reel out there and try to catch something. And while I sit over there and see if he's catching anything, so I do love fishing. Okay. It's just that I don't do it as much. How about you? I I don't I don't frequent you know, the ponds or, uh, or the reels, but <laughs> I do think it looks so, it looks relaxing. It looks therapeutic. It looks like a, an enjoyable time. Maybe it is something I'll look into, but those are reasons why we're so excited about our newest sponsor, Monster Bass. Monster Bass is the fun and affordable way to get the best new baits from the fishing industry's top brands delivered to your door each month. It's a premium subscription fishing company that handpicks the best baits based on where you live and where you fish. Brilliant. No more guessing on which baits are going to work. You'd leave it to the pros at Monster Bass. So basically, it's like having your own personal fishing guide, and it's changing the way bass fishermen shop for baits. They're quickly becoming the number one fishing brand of anglers everywhere. They've got the best baits from the best brands, and you're covered by the industry's best customer service. So if you want to catch bigger bass this season, head over to monsterbass.com and use our code Auburn10 to get $10 off your first box. So again, monsterbass.com, use our code Auburn10 to get $10 off your first box. Thank you, Monster Bass, for sponsoring our show. Okay, let's talk tight ends. Let's talk freaking tight ends. Brad Bedell is the new tight end coach who has followed Brian Harson to Auburn. They worked together at Boise State, but uh, he's been an offensive line guy. He was an offensive lineman at Colorado and in the NFL, and he spent nine of his 14 seasons as a college coach teaching those skills. So this is kind of new for him as well, but I honestly – I think I like that. I think I like that this is a new situation for him because there will be zero complacency. Not that I think that a coach who's, you know, settled in his craft gets complacent, but this coach is going to be looking to establish himself in this role as much as the tight ends are ready to establish themselves as a role in this offense. I think that there's going to be this hunger to prove something from this position group and it'll start from the top this guy proving himself in this new role he's in so I actually think there's a benefit to that just in the drive that will exist but I think that we have said so many times that the tight end has to be 
implemented more into the offensive approach. And I think when you look at this list of tight ends, they show more promise than what you've got at wide receiver right now. And Auburn has not been in that situation in a very long time, but you take advantage of it. John Samuel Schenker, who is a seasoned vet, Luke Deal, who Coach Bedell has said has been, quote, superb this spring. J.J. Pegues, who just – I don't even know if he's human. He's just <laughs> a big ball of athleticism. You know what I mean? You all find right. ways to use him at all costs. Brandon Fraser, who is incredible size, he's 6'7", 267 pounds. You find ways to get him in the pass game. And Tyler Fromm, who is finally developing after two years of injuries, have kind of kept him out. And Landon King, who has length and ability, and he's shown a lot in the six practices that we've seen in spring so far. They're kind of showing each of those guys doing a lot of different things. They've got them lining up at the end. They've got them splitting out wide. They've got them coming into the backfield like a fullback. Like, there is versatility to all of these athletes, and it's exciting to hear them discuss the the intention of using them we have to see the action follow the words because those have been words for the past several seasons that the tight ends are going to be utilized. We've got all these athletes. We're going to find ways to target them. And then season comes and goes and we didn't see it. I don't think you have the option this year. I think when you look at what you're up against at the wide receiver position and the lack of depth at running back, there is no, can we, or should like you have to utilize the tight ends. And I think with this extensive list of skill sets and size and build like Six seven two sixty seven. You've got a Travis Kelsey, <laughs> Rob Gronkowski type. Like, look at what the the NFL has become on the backs of receiving tight ends. Like, they are crucial to winning offenses. Auburn needs to follow that suit. Yeah, you know, most definitely. Like when you think about it, a trivia question for you though, before I even okay. make my point, when was the last time that Auburn had a tight end that had double digit? Receptions. CJ. Ooh, good job. 2014. CJ Uzuma. CJ Uzuma. I had mean, honestly, catches for 145 yards, three touchdowns. CJ and Lutz are like the two that come to mind. And that's, it's been a while. And even before them, it was spotty. Like, it needs to not only be done, but it needs to be done frequently and consistently you've got great athletes in this position you need to use them and think about it we just said cj cj had 11 catches like i said for 445 yards and three touchdowns mm -hmm. some tight ends have that in one game yeah we're talking about a season so exactly. the tight end position has been in up in the passing game for the last ooh. I don't, for as many years as we can remember. Yeah. Um, and it used to be a big part of Auburn's offense. I know exactly when I played Robert Johnson and Cooper Wallace and, you know, Lorenzo Diamond, like those guys was a big part of what we did from an offensive standpoint. And now, like these guys are, you know, they're only involved in the run game. But, you know, it makes perfect sense, you know, when, when Brad Bedell comes in. He's used to be an offensive line guy. And he's also a guy to play 13 years in the NFL um, as an offensive lineman. So, you know, he brings that added dimension of knowing how to communicate from an offensive lineman to a tight end when it comes to, right. to run blocks. Like that is a huge key. Uh, you got a guy that knows how to set the edge and knows how to get your running backs to turn a corner. So that's one big thing. The next thing is 
he's probably had to sit and communicate with a lot of different tight ends across uh, position coaches that he probably respect from playing in the league and having these connections. Mm-hmm. And I think he can bring an added the, the nation to this to this tight end position from a toughness standpoint of saying, okay, we're going to run the ball. We know how to run the football. We're going to definitely know how to run block. Mm-hmm. How do we get open now? How do we yeah. utilize play action pass? How do you sell the pass? I mean, sell the run and get open on passes. That's the thing that tight ends can do really well because when you run a lot of nakeds and bootleg, you got to be able to get your hands on that deep lineman but then know how to throw him to get yourself open. Right. And a lot of that, he can teach those guys how to sell the run because he's been a former offensive lineman and then get out to open the position. And uh, so I think this 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 position is probably our deepest position going into this season just because we've always had the guys. We just hadn't utilized them. You know, we do have, you know, Shinker who's coming back. You know, he'll be a senior. He had nine catches last year for 97 yards. You know, like you said, J.J. Pagues, you know, this guy is – above human he owns the land when he gets out there and i'm just saying what i mean by that when this guy catches the ball in the flat what db in this country wants to come up and hit this guy out in open space nobody so you know now put this guy over the middle of the field let's run him over the middle of the field what safety wants to come up and hit this guy nobody so that's what i'm saying like utilize the bodies that we have and everything because Luke Deal, he was a redshirt sophomore. He had two receptions last year for 11 yards. But we remember him coming out of high school. He was pretty talented. And Brandon Frazier, he was another guy who had high expectations for him. And then everyone remembers Tyler Fromm's brother. Tyler Fromm, who is Jake Fromm's brother that played at Georgia. Right. You know, this guy, when he came to Auburn, he was supposed to be considered highly touted. And, and I'm not saying these guys are not highly touted because I'm like this. You only uh, can do what you are allowed to do. And they haven't been allowed to do much in the passing game over the last couple of years. Now, they have to have some sense of urgency now to have excitement about it because the fact that they know, like, this is going to be a big part of their offense. Mike Bobo has come out and said it and uh, and everything. So, for them, I'm just like, shoot, somebody don't lead a match because I'm ready to go. Like, I'm not just going to be a run-blocking dummy. I'm about to be actually involved in the passing game, which can help them exceed if his goal is to go to the next level. Like, Every tight end in the NFL participates in the offense in a huge way. Like you have to – I don't remember some tight end you can just go in the game and say, oh, we don't have to worry about this guy. No. Most teams are utilizing that tight end to the to the fullest nowadays. It's almost an extra receiver. So I'm excited about seeing this. I can't wait to see it. Like I said, I may – you know, get a few black hairs back and some of my grades may go away. The fact that we might start throwing them all <laughs> to the tight end. I am here for it. Want to talk about a couple other things in regards to Auburn athletics, but before we do, got to tell you about Sunday Scaries. If you're somebody who has a hard time relaxing, if falling asleep is difficult for you, it's hard for you to shut your brain off because you overthink, you get stressed out, you might want to try Sunday Scaries. They make products specifically for those people I just mentioned, the overthinkers, the night owls, those with a difficult time sleeping. They're CBD gummies to help you decompress, clear your head, and fall asleep so you can wake up a fully functioning human being. And there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. So if the product's not for you, that's okay. You're going to get your money back. Sunday Scaries is in the stress-relieving business, not the stress-causing business. So they'll take care of you if you are not happy with your product. 
and we have 25% off for you to give it a try. You can visit sundayscaries.com and use our promo code Auburn for your discount. So that's promo code Auburn for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. So the other aspect to this offense, obviously, is the offensive line. And Coach Will Friend spoke to the media this week about having center Nick Brahms back. And we kind of talked about this last week as well, so there's not a ton here, but I did want to read this because I thought it was a very good point to make, and Nick Brahms being back is certainly something that's needed. If you're unsure and, and a little worried about the state of this offensive line right now, uh, having the center Nick Brahms back certainly should give you some some calm coach friend said I think if you're going to be successful like in a lot of sports it starts in the middle it's no different on the offensive line I think that's important that guy has got to be a guy that is your glue that holds it all together he's connecting the front sides and the back sides of run and pass he's working on communication he's the one who's more connected to the quarterback than anyone else so it's important you have to be productive and you have to be good at that position so it's good to have a guy with experience that's back Nick's a guy who really wants to work. It's important to him, and he's worked hard so far this spring. So I thought that was a great way to put the emphasis on this position and the emphasis on Nick Brahms being back at that position. And I love what he said about he no one is more connected to the quarterback than him. So the fact that Bo has the guy in front of him that was there last season, there's some comfortability there, and that chemistry needs to continue to build. Talk to me a little bit about that center quarterback relationship, especially now if, like Mike Bobo has shown us a little bit, if they're going to be under center, if there's going to be a little bit of adjustment to that offensive approach, if we're going to do more spread, like that, they have to be on the same page. How important is it for them to continue that? Well, your center is very important. It's kind of like T.O. was to Romo. He was like, that's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. <laughs> I love you that, know, that That's That's pretty much how your center is when it comes to your quarterback. Like, yeah. there is a brotherhood. You know, there's a connection. Like, you know, you have to be able to see things the same way, especially when it comes to, like, picking up pass blitz and picking up, make sure we're in the right, getting the eyes on the right guys in the zone, blocking schemes where we're running the ball and, and making sure you're able to be a dog when you have a D lineman that's over you in this at the center position. You got to snap the ball, get your hands up very quickly. Imagine a guy like Nick Fairley playing over you and you were playing the center position. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's why Nick was so good at the time because he, he was so quick off the ball and it didn't get a center a chance. Well, Nick Brahms is the guy that he does a very good job of doing that. And uh, I think, you know, him snapping the ball, able to find his eyes real quick, reset his hands, and, and, and able to get pushed, not let that force get so much push in the middle where the quarterback's not able to step up. I think with him being there and him being a veteran center, especially when you got a new offensive line coach, you got a new offensive coordinator, it helps when you still have the same quarterback, you still have the same center. Now, things being said – he also is a he's also the glue that keeps those other four guys around him together. Mm -hmm. And he pretty much runs the offense in meeting rooms. Uh, when I was in the pros, you know, I played with some really good centers sometimes. And these guys ran the offense in meeting room when it came to the run game, you know, as yeah. far as like telling the guys where the hat and, and everything. So you have to be on the same page. So that's a good thing that he's back and uh and everything and like i said we, we will see you know like i said you know nits will be the guy in there and i know everyone will say why y'all never talk about the quarterbacks all the time it's not that we do talk about the quarterback you should get tired of about the quarterback sometimes quarterback <laughs> always get too much of attention and sometimes That's gets too so much true. of the, the other you know not you know so we just want to talk about other people and share the love but yes 
Taylor. Yeah. There's his quarterback. I know we're still on the offensive line, but uh-huh. Demetrius Davis. Yeah. Demetrius Davis. Demetrius Davis. I think it's Demetrius Davis. But this kid, he's an electric. He has an electric arm, and he can run the ball. So I think that being said, I think that will help Bo and him push each other in a competition level, which I think bodes well for our offense as well this year. And we, I've said over the last two years that you always need more than just one guy. Like mm-hmm. you need uh, you need more than that because what happens is the one guy goes down. Exactly. Like, you need another guy, and that's the key that comes in where Nick Brahms also comes in is the fact that if something was to happen to your starter, he's a guy that can keep the, the keep the new quarterback in there and keep him settled because he's making most of the blitz pickup calls anyways. So, right. you know, it just helps to have experience up there and everything. But, you know, back to Demetrius, though, this guy's a kid that's electric. We really hadn't had another quarterback on the roster outside of Bo that we feel like, darn, if someone's after Bo, who's going to play? Or who's exactly. going to push Bo? Who's going to make him better? Well, I right. think now now we, we've got a guy. Does his size worry you at all? They have him listed at six foot. I think that's mm-hmm. generous. I think he's under six foot and he's like 190. Does that concern you? It doesn't concern me because of the college level. Like, you see a okay. lot of guys that's really good. You know, I'm trying to think of the kid that played at Georgia a few years ago. He was really good. He was he was about 5'11", mm-hmm. 6 feet, but he was a really good college quarterback. Now, I didn't transition him over to the pros because uh, that's a different level. But I think at the college level, I don't think it's a problem when it comes to height because all the okay. different things that you do from an offensive standpoint. Got it. I would love to see this kid at least have some packages. I think that especially with the way season went last year where Bo kind of knew regardless, and that's, it's a double-edged sword because you want to give the the starting quarterback the confidence that this is your team. Like you have the reins. That is such an aspect to a starting quarterback leading a team. And so I understand the need to do that. But at the same regard, it almost seemed like he played with this knowledge that even if I suck, I'm the starting quarterback. That's not going anywhere because there is no one in the wings that's going to come in and threaten my job. I don't think that that bodes well for him either. So I think that maybe it's not necessarily this Davis kid has the opportunity to be the starter. I don't think that's realistic, but this kid could very well have packages and he he sees the field almost every game. Like I, I think that their, their skill sets will likely feed off each other a good bit. Cause as we know, Bo, ha- Bo does have great run ability. I think he does it right. in poor situations and he does it to the point where it hurts us more than helps us sometimes. But in the times that it does work, he'll blow your mind with his run ability. I mean, he can really avoid and evade a defense and, he does a great job with that. And I've seen clips of this Davis kid doing the same thing. He's very athletic, dual threat kid. So I think that they both could kind of feed off each other, but have enough differences that they would imbalance a defense. So I would love to see him integrated regularly. I don't necessarily think he would take the starting role away from Bo, but I do hope that we see him because anybody that's holds a record for Texas high school football, you can ball. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like that's just high school football in Texas is different. He's the winningest quarterback in Texas football history. That is no small feat. And I hope that this isn't a big name kid that comes here. And then we don't see or hear anything of him for three years. Mm -hmm. 
No, most but, definitely. Like my my thing is, you always like let guys compete and everything because competition makes everyone better. And if you, when you competing at that position, it makes other positions be on alert. And it's not that you saying, "Oh, Bo's not going to start," and this and that. No, that's not what you're saying. What you're saying is, you know compete like give guys an opportunity like we've been in a position over the last two years where I so I said I felt like we just kind of handed things to Bo a little bit we just gave him Mm -hmm. the keys and uh I understand him coming out of high school being very talented and everything but at the same time like once you get to college it's a restart you know like you always have to always update your resume as we say in football each year you update your resume and and that's the thing. And I think now, you know, with this kid coming in, I think what it does is, okay, if you're a Bo, you sit there and you say, hey, you know what? I got a kid behind me that can really play. So I'm going to go out here and perform my best. And my every game may not be an awesome game, but I know that it, it gives me a little bit more push. And like you say, like maybe have some packages for this other kid. You know, I've yeah. seen it work in colleges where kids get a couple packages and they go in and like I say, he's coming in as a freshman. It's better for him to have some experience and no experience That's, because you don't yes. want something to happen to Bowden and all of a sudden this kid has zero experience. Like, no, let's not wait for a blowout exactly. to happen. And then the other team got their players out there that's not even a starter, and he's going against, you know, guys that's not even going to be playing out there. And something was to happen to Bo, he's going to be out there against those first-team guys. Like, let's give him some reps and let him get some experience. So that way, if something was to happen, you got somebody that got a little bit of experience a little bit of touch of the game instead of coming in there straight blindfolded. Exactly, and like a deer in headlights. And I think that when you talk about – competition within the team I want to see some of that competition in game not just in practice like let this kid see the field in a game situation and let Bo watch him and see how he's handling the game how he's managing the offense I think that breeds competition as well and and they'll obviously play to their best when they're in a game environment so I hope we see him this year I don't think there's any chance of him taking the starting role but I certainly think we don't want another Joey Gatewood situation on our hands where we were completely mismanaging a kid who had a skill set that would have fit very well in the offense without taking the reins away from Bo Nix. You very well could have used him better. And I hope that that is thought about and approached differently with this Davis kid. Well, a couple more notables around Auburn that I want to mention, but before we do want to tell you guys about Kanan. It is time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canon. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, stronger, and Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. That is the key. Use the exclusive code CanaanCast15 at Canaan.com to receive 15% off on your first pair. So that's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-15, CanaanCast15, and get 15% off your first pair. Okay, well, before we wrap it up, the news that we anticipated, we feared, We hoped wouldn't happen, but it's here. Sharif Cooper declares for the NBA draft and will sign with an agent. So this ain't the situation we were talking about last week where he's going to tap his toe in the water, and if he doesn't want to dive in, he'll come on back to shore. No, he's gone, and it's one and done for Sharif Cooper. What were your thoughts when the news officially came out? Obviously, 
disappointing as a fan, but beyond that, do you agree with the decision? Well, I would say, you know, when it comes to decisions at this standpoint of a kid turning pro and not pro, like, uh, you know, it's basically, it's an individual decision, you know, and, uh, and everything. So I can't say he's right or wrong. I said my thought process was that maybe because he only had half a year that he would may come back and try to get stronger and try to work on his jump shot a little bit more and, and try to improve because his speed from getting the ball to getting down the court is second to none. But his shooting is a big question mark. And then the other aspect was, you know, him playing defense is a big question mark. When you get to the NBA, these guys are bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. So, you know, how does he fit in? Yes, I understand him coming straight out of high school. He was a top recruit, um, you know, and everything. And I think, you know, people put th- put things in these kids' heads so early on when he's a sophomore, they was already pumping his head up about him being the top guard and going on to the league and everything. So I think they already have in their mindset. I think a kid has in his mindset that when they come on campus that they're going to be one and done. Yeah. I think very few come on campus and say, I'm going to be – I'm going to play two to three years. Like most of them know that they come to campus to do that. But the ones that's coming up for one and done, they already come in knowing they one and done they're out. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I said they need to change the rule because yeah. it kind of hurts college basketball from a standpoint that if a kid can go pro straight out of high school, just let him go. Otherwise, yeah. if he comes to college, you know, maybe kid does two years in college and then he leaves because the simple fact is, Yes, everyone can say, oh, man, kid may get hurt and everything like that. Well, shoot, like nothing's promised. You know what I'm saying? So you got to walk in confidence and walk in faith, you know, in anything that we do, no matter what it looks like that day or how it feels. Like you can't say, oh, I'm predict the outcome because I don't feel emotionally into into this today or stuff. Like you can't make decisions off emotions because your emotions change every day. So yeah. I just feel like this decision being made, you know, we wish him the best. I feel like if he came back another year, he would have had a chance to be a top 10 draft pick, um, mm-hmm. maybe maybe top five. But him leaving this year, I can see him anywhere between maybe, you know, 11 to eleven to 20. You know, you just don't yeah. know. But, um, you know, wish him the best. But on the other hand, we did get a major transfer, uh, Zip mm-hmm. Jasper. You know, he, he transferred in from the College of Charleston. Uh, you know, he has two years left on his eligibility. Like, we still got some top recruits that's about to make some decisions. And Auburn is naming thrown around a lot that's in their final decisions. And yeah. hopefully we are able to pull some of these guys and uh, and everything. And and then the other aspect of it is our guy Powell. I thought he would maybe been leaving and going back to Kentucky because that's where he was from. But he chose to go to Tennessee. It kind of was, uh, you know, it was kind of like, whoa. Okay. Yeah. uh, uh, We'll see. I I think Auburn, the program, even with this season, certainly not being up to the standards that we now have, Auburn has now solidified itself as a a bit of a revolving door where one person leaves. You're, you're bringing them in now too, because Mm -hmm. I don't think you have to hold so tight to your stars because you're fearful that, you know, that was a a one and done situation and and maybe you don't have the same impact on other potential recruits. Like Auburn is one of those staple programs now and, and really high caliber athletes want to be a part of this program. So as difficult as it is to see the, you know, stellar ones leave so quickly, there is a benefit to being the program that we are now in that we are probably going to have a higher, a higher influx of incoming talent. I just, 
I hate that his one was 2020 because it was such a, I mean, like no one could even see him play and he didn't get to experience a full Auburn arena home game. Like that's, that's really my hold back in why I hate it. But I mean, everyone's got to make the decision they feel is best for them. So we will certainly wish him well in his next chapter. And finally, women's basketball has a new head coach, Johnny Harris. I really hope I'm pronouncing that the right way. That's how it's spelled. So I'm going with Johnny. If it's incorrect, I apologize. Uh, But she was previously an associate head coach at Texas, but has been an assistant in the SEC for over a decade and is regarded as one of the best recruiters in the country, which I think is pivotal right now because of where the program is recruiting is going to have to be um where it starts I mean that seems like very obvious but I think that the women's program conversely to the men's program is gonna have to build from a lower point right now I don't think this is a program that a lot of you know highly talented touted athletes are coming to unless maybe they had some kind of connection to Auburn previously so to have a very highly regarded recruiter in the head coach role, I think was probably priority one, two, or three for Alan Green, knowing what what all work is going to have to go into rebuilding this program because it's certainly not at the point that Auburn fans want it to be. Yeah, most definitely. Um, hey, when I think about this, I say this. The women's basketball program is picking up. Um, when I was watching the games over the weekend, I know you was opening day for baseball, so shout out to – Taylor Davis, all you Auburn fans, she works for the Kansas <laughs> City Royals, if you really want to know. Um, yeah. yeah, and so watching, you know, the games over the weekend, like, man, like, these girls are tall. Like, you look at yeah. Stanford girls, you look at UConn girls, South Carolina girls, like, you have got to get out now and you got to recruit some height. And then you got to have those those guards up front that can shoot that ball and can get up down the court. You know, the kid, McDonald, I think is her last name, that played for Arizona. You know, that other girl can shoot the ball and uh, she can move around. So you got to be able to mix and match. And I think the women's game is definitely picking up. I watched uh, their Final Four, watched the the Final Four for the men's. I'm not sure if you saw it, Taylor, but the UCLA and Gonzaga game. Crazy. It was a crazy, crazy game. I felt bad for either team that had to lose that game because – both teams poured their heart out. And uh, I kind of wonder if UCLA would have given Baylor a better championship game. They were more physical. Yes, I say that. But I think UCLA, I think Baylor needs to send UCLA a card saying, thank you for wearing out Gonzaga. Because Gonzaga <laughs> looked okay, tired. True. And Baylor did. Baylor true. had some dogs. Baylor had some players that was they was bigger in the paint. I think they got all those offensive rebounds. And they was hitting shots. They came out on fire. You and right. I think they had a little bit more energy because Houston didn't give them a challenge as much I as I thought they would. And, uh, and so, but Gonzaga, they was tired. You see, it from the start to finish, that game was on the edge of your seat. And yeah. uh, and it's just hard to regroup and just all of a sudden you got to gear back up 48 hours later against a really good, really good basketball team like Baylor. And physical as frick. I actually read mm-hmm. an article that said that they train with the football team, that they have a very oh, yeah. uh, like emblematic it. strength and conditioning program to the football team. They believe in physicality, and I think it proved effective this year. So certainly crazy that college basketball is done. Obviously, baseball is in full swing. Shout out to our baseball team who defeated 
Arkansas, they were ranked number one at the time that we defeated them, and that was our first conference win. So that was certainly exciting. Congrats to them as their season continues. Lots of exciting things. Next week is the NFL draft, so we're going to have a draft preview and breakdown episode. We'll talk NFL. We'll talk Auburn guys that are hoping to hear their name called on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all next weekend. Uh, and then we'll get a day happening the next weekend. So it's a great time as always to be an Auburn fan. And it's a great time to be a believe in everything Auburn listener and subscriber. So make sure you've subscribed. If you have not already, you can find us in the podcast app in Spotify on believes website. We're in every format that you could possibly find your podcast. Make sure you find us, subscribe, like, tell your friends about it, and we will keep cranking out these episodes as we get closer and closer to football season. So that'll do it for us today. Everyone have a fantastic week. Tune in next week for our draft episode. And until then, War Eagle. War Eagle. Peace. (laughs) Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.